Welcome to an episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Kathy. And I have no idea what number episode this is. I totally 101. lost track. 101. We just finished our 100 Like the Dalmatians? Like the Dalmatians. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even I knew that without looking because last week was 100. I have I no memory. <laughs> Did you have too much stream juice last week? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, guys, uh, welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Marvel Crisis Protocol, the miniatures. Uh, not playing the game, just about you know what we thought about putting them together, the models, etc., etc. Maybe a little bit about playing, a little bit about the, the rules and such, but not a very in-depth. Uh, but before we do that, we have to do what we always do. Um, John, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, well, I'm going to start off with a uh, shot of uh, Old Smoky uh, Apple Pie Moonshine. Is it is it actually smoky, or is it just from the Smoky Mountains? It's from the Smoky Mountains. And then I'll follow it up with, uh, of course, some Kraken and Dr. Pepper. Oh, you and your Dr. Pepper. Yeah, well, it's good. So, Kathy, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, ye old Gin and Tonic. So, uh, tonight I am actually stepping away from the alcohol and drinking just an energy juice and I'm not going to promote them in case I get in trouble, but it's a energy drink. Um, so I'm going to be using that tonight. I can tell from just a little I saw which one it is. Those are kind of mediocre. Uh, I actually like them. (laughs) we'll be drinking water. What? Careful in case they're spon- case, in case they get upset too. They get sponsors. Yeah, we don't want to, we don't want, we don't want to upset sponsors or anything. The water council. <laughs> the water council. <laughs> I mean, water in power. Water in power. <laughs> I heard the remake yeah, of that. By the way, counts. <laughs> I heard the remake in that movie too. Um, well, that'd, be, that'd be weird. I mean, it could be really good or it could be tragic. Yeah, that's true. Like um, the water board. Um, so. Steve Zeese goes, it's the weekend, Kathy. It's okay. I'm glad someone accepts me. <laughs> <clears throat> Tonight, I'm actually going to be painting. Um, I'll be working on a MODOK with contrast paints. Uh, I've already put a few little bit of contrast paints on Black Widow. Got it that time. And um, Red Skull. I'll switch to the paint cam in just a little bit. Um, we also want to thank all of our sponsors that help us out. And provide everything for us. Help us stream. Help us send all of us out everywhere. Uh, we want to thank uh, Mechanica Studios for supporting us. And having a place for us to sell our products. Which you haven't set. find out. You should see a link. T's ready. Um, yeah, yeah. The whistle in the background you're hearing is my, <laughs> my 
My water for the tea is hot enough. Um, we also want to thank uh, Muse on Minis uh, for helping support us and getting our um, podcast out there. If you need any widgets, terrain, or anything from them, always share a good discount code uh, on us. More Than Dice will get you 10% off. Um, and uh, Tectonic Crest Studios, uh, Dan the Man, uh, we will actually be giving away one of his products tonight. Oh, we snap. have... Ooh, let me find get it. Ah. I forgot to pull it out before the cast. Ooh, he gave us... I hope you're talking about Dan's Terrain. Yes, Dan's Terrain. He gave us a house to give away. Da-da-da-da! Unassembled. That way you can assemble it yourself and paint it and do whatever you want with it. So on and so forth. We will be sending that to you um, whenever we get that. We'll draw a winner tonight. Not 10.03. No, only 10. Uh, we'll give that away later tonight. Just all I got to do is say me, 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 and we'll put you in the pool. Um, is 0.03 to be tacked on to any measurement we do? Yes. <laughs> Only 10. Only 10. Um, <laughs> so other than that, guys, we want to thank about that. Uh, who do we need to give a shout out to? Kathy. Uh, who do we need a shout out to? There's that one guy. What one guy? See how helpful I am? That one guy I said that it to John so that he would about. remember. Um, here it is. It is Michael J. Pollard. Yes, it's I just... A ton of things. I remember him as the, the the boy on Star Trek in the episode where they get to the planet and it's only kids because mm -hmm. once you reach a certain age, uh, you start mutating and die horribly. Bonk, bonk on the head. Bonk, bonk. Yeah. So it's that guy. That guy. <laughs> uh, that's so I, was I know. Have, yeah, he's been in. He's been a ton of stuff. Yeah, he's a ton of yeah. stuff. That's the only person I know. Do we know anybody else that needs to give a good shout out? Stupid chair. I hate this chair. Guess not. So nope. to all of our fans, friends, and new people that are watching and listening, thank you so much. Here's to you. Cheers. 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 Skull. Oh, tasty. All right, let me go and switch over so you can kind of look at what I'm painting. Ooh. Ooh, it's kind of blurry. I bet you it's Ooh, not a good Turn one. Turn that autofocus off. It is off. That's a problem. Manually. It is off. That's a problem. That seems odd. Yeah, give me a second. Properties. Looks like a uh, red skull and black widow. Yep. Dang it. There we go. You see, you can't drink the rum. It's too strong. That's why you mix it. That's why you put in the Dr. Pepper. Or the Diet Coke. I mean, I put in the Diet Coke. John would never do that. No, I'd put in regular Coke. I have standards. Yeah. I don't. If I drink diet soda and based on my religion, I'd have to sacrifice a goat. And there's no goats around. I actually like goats. They do taste good, though. Mm. I mean, I still like them. It's about the best we can do because it is white and it's going to be washed out a little bit. Let me look at Modoc. He's going to be white pretty much, too. I only got, like, the little ghosts. Yeah. Just because it's white, it's not going to show up as well. But that's okay. Well, I hope you like painting faces. It's uh, all face. It's all face and teeth. All face and teeth. I, you know, I just, I'm 
So uh, I like Doc. I had to pick them up, but it's on the list, so uh, that my family has something to get me potentially for birthday and Christmas. So I will wait until after the holidays. For after the holiday. Okay. I mean, I got so, ten people to play Marvel Crisis Protocol, so uh, I have a legal team. So there you go. There you go. Why do you have ten? Well, technically, I have eleven, kinda. Yep. Counting as long as your not too picky. Your Hulk proxy. Yes, the thing. So even have a base for him, but he's not on it. So Roar. it's clobbering time. No. No, Don't it is clobbering time. All right. So I've got to figure out my colors. Where is? Got to get some, some good old colors. Where so is... while you're while you're talking while you're deciding which colors you want to use for you know, the black and the red. Uh, uh, I think it's <laughs> black and red. Yeah, because because Black Widow is black with red hair and red skull is. Black, black with red, skull? red skull. No, not red skull. I know. I did pick Unless up that purple. Like mask. I did pick up that purple that you were wondering about, John, because I know that you didn't like the purple I used for. Uh... Yeah, I like that. He also likes orange vanilla coke. I love that stuff. I, it is surprisingly good. I didn't think I would like it, but I was like, this is, this is not bad. Yeah. It's mostly vanilla with just a little taste of orange. It probably makes yeah, it's it's like a dream sickle. Mm-hmm. Probably good with the vanilla rum that she's uh, drinking. I think you would be good with uh, ice cream. I mean, everything's good with ice cream, but generally I used to have ice cream. I, I actually went out today and had got a got an ice cream sundae at the local place too. One of them hand makes the ice cream because they're so good. Is that the place that has the banana splits? Uh, the other place has banana splits. That's too far away to go and get a banana split at. It's like a 15, 20 minute drive. Or I can drive five. I mean, I think they have banana splits there too. I just never asked for one there because uh, at the other place, they don't, I mean, they make good ice cream, but that's not handmade. So I want the ice cream to be the star of the show. Well, it's handmade. They pushed a button. No. <laughs> it's not the same. Hand packed. Gonzo, I had the guy who owns the Daily Scoop, which is a place near me. Came out on Saturday when I dropped by. He's like, I'm like, he's like, oh, we don't. The guy's like, oh, we don't have any chocolate. And, and the boss is like, oh, no, no, I just made some. You have it. And it was the best thing ever. Super fresh. Oh, my God. So good. There was, when I, when I worked at Off World Designs out in Sandwich, Illinois, uh, there was a place called Brenda's Frozen Custard. And they, they would have a flavor of the day. And they had a calendar for each month what was the flavor of the day for each day so that you could decide ahead of time. And we would, like, develop our lunch schedule based on this, me and, <laughs> me and my coworkers, because it was, like, a f- not even five-minute drive uh, to get there from work. And uh, it was amazing. And I learned that frozen custard has more milk fat than ice cream and that's what makes it frozen custard not ice cream um and of course you know the fat is what makes it creamy and so naturally frozen custard is a million times better microwave done. Uh, i don't know about that but no it is i'm not gonna turn either one by gelato is better i don't care what he says gelato is a whole lot better um 
I mean, cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> All right, let's see how this flesh terror, this blood angel red's going to do on uh, Red Skull's head. Uh, very orange. You think it's going to go very orange? Blood angel's red is inherently orangish. That's the reason it's blood angel's red. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's see. I can always darken it up. You, you can always throw a red a red wash over it. That would help, too. Uh, yes, Steve Z, the cherry Coke is still a thing, and it is my Coke of choice. Oh, I used to drink that. I used to like uh, the cherry vanilla Coke, too. Yeah, that was good, too, but I've been a cherry Coke fiend ever since the days of the roller skating rink and them making it the, uh, the old-fashioned way with the grenadine syrup in it. It's so good. Come on, baby, do the locomotion. No, no, the one that got That's me, what I think of every time I think of roller skating. When I think of roller skating, there was one song that came out right as I learned, and it became like every week after I had, uh, if you'll graduated, it was, they played the crap out of it. And it was, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how my mom regained, kept her sanity through hearing it like, <laughs> like a dozen times a day when she'd take me out there. And also... I mean, respect to moms, because I don't realize, now I realize how much of her day she'd give up every Saturday to take me out to the roller skating rink, the roller skate. So, I mean, here's to you, Mom. God, thanks for that. See, I never, I never got into the rolling skating thing. I only went roller skating because my best friend at the time and her older siblings went, and it was her brother that drove us. So, yeah, that was... Hale Boop says, anyone getting ready for Adepticon? I think we're all getting ready for Adepticon, aren't we? Uh, it's pretty much everybody in this chat getting ready for Adepticon. I am, because I'm deciding on what games to take, so I can make sure I have everything painted up. I don't think Baneon's getting ready for Adepticon. Baneon's weird. Why the hell not, Baneon? I don't think we're going to Adepticon. Why not? I can only. I think we both need some time to uh, recover before we can start going to events. Just Dices is Sovereign Miniature Studios is Haleboop is Gonzo is I am. Well, I have to paint everything up, so of course I'm trying to get my Marvel Crisis Protocol painted up. But yep. I also am going to be bringing. Um, I think I'll be bringing my Song of Ice and Fire stuff with me. Okay, cool. I think I'm going to oh, bring my, my night watch. Oh, my friend Marty is running those events. Is he really? I'm, I didn't yeah. see anything really big on there, so I think I want to do uh, A Song of Ice and Fire, so I need to paint up my night watch pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And, well... The, do you have a date for uh, Adepticon? March it, It's the 20-something of uh It's the last weekend March. of March. Yeah, is the last weekend, yeah. That's uh, going to be a no-go. Even if I wanted to now, because I have to go to a uh, client's uh, convention in early April, so I will have to make sure everything is ready to go for everything when I... Baneon says, no, I'll pass on Chicago this year. It's cold. As opposed to every other year. I mean, Chicago, it's cold. Yeah. I mean, it is the end of March, so you actually really have no it could go any way and it could go every way within a 24-hour period it yeah. could go from 70 to freezing from sunny to snowy all in one day 
Not even exaggerating. That actually happened at Adepticon. Yep. Um, was it two years ago I went? It was like, oh, hey, yes. I'm in shorts. I'm going to go out and have a cigar. And fuck, it's snowing. Okay, well, we're going to have a quick cigar. <laughs> and he's like, but wait, it was 70 degrees this morning. What yeah. the hell? Um, okay. I'm going to so, use... Main topic. Benson might be at ReaperCon, though. Oh, shit. ReaperCon is a fantastic for miniature painting and it also is not a big con like there's a lot of buzz about it in our community but it's not a huge convention it's maybe like a thousand people 1500 maybe might be 2000 next year it's nice it's really nice it's homey it's homey i should probably go to it because it's right in my backyard pretty much I should go to Reaper because it's right really close to me. But money's always an issue. Yeah, that's sort of the reason I'm trying on only a handful. Uh, I'm going to try. Bane and I try, want to try and make uh, Warfare Weekend next year. Yes. Woo! Yes, come to Warfare that, Weekend next year. I do kind of want to make uh, John Con since it'll be in July. So I can space out a little better. That'll be good. John Con will be in July. Okay. Yes. Cool. Okay. Oh, the Calisandra just joined us. Hey, the Calisandra. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. I'm oh, sorry. Um, so we monkey around. Because we're too busy we're singing. We're too busy singing. Put <laughs> anybody down. <laughs> wow. Are we supposed to be having a topic that we're supposed to be talking about tonight, guys? We've just sang a song from one we're of the few trying concerts to be friendly. I've been to. <laughs> oh, I could go on and on. No one wants to hear that, but, you know. I like the monkeys. I've seen them in concert. All right. So we all got a copy of Marvel Crisis Protocol with like the rest yes. of the other 50 billion people out there in the world that bought it too. Yes. Um, like like everyone, we have Marvel Crisis Protocol. Which if you haven't gotten your copy of Marvel Crisis Protocol, you should get you a copy. If, if it interests you at all, you should probably do it. Do you like picking up giant things and throwing them at other villains and superheroes? Do you like yes. beating up superheroes and supervillains? Do you Steve like doing is, cool stuff? Yes. Steve is asking you, Gonzo, is it a chibi you're painting? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> this you know what, is... I guess in a way... Yes, it could be. It is MODOK. Um, MODOK is nothing but really a giant head in a rocket-powered... Uh, wheelchair type thing. <laughs> Don't worry, Steve Z. I, I know nothing about Oh, he Modoc fell off his base. Either. Steve Z, you are not a noob for not knowing who Modoc is. Yeah. yeah. Modoc is like very like, this is the most out there they've gone with a character. It's just yeah. when they just went, we're going to go left field, Modoc. And all the people who are super hardcore Marvel comic fans went, oh, yes, yes I must have Modoc, and I'm over here like, who the Who? fuck is Modoc? I've never heard of that. Mental organism designed only for killing. I didn't even know that's what it stood for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I like that they're going sort of left field. I mean, it gives but me yeah, hope that we'll see some of those cool characters I want to see. Yes. That's one of the things that's great about Marvel Crisis Protocol is the, the models really are good sculpts. They did a really good job with with all the sculpting of everything. The Maybe sculpting is good. Get what? Bug. Uh, what? 
Bug joined the Guardians of the Galaxy for a while. He's also one of the Micronauts. And I'm a fucking geek, and I know this, but that would be cool. Because Micronauts were the first comic books I read. Actually, it was Micronauts and G.I. Joe. Oh, yeah. Micronauts were some of the first action figures I had. Yeah. And I didn't have enough of them. I had, like, two. That's it. So I pretty much still covet Micronauts when I see them. Fair enough. I mean, I understand. I've I've been slowly revisiting my childhood by buying some action figures or similar action figures to what I had and all that. Hence the jet fire over my uh, shoulder. And over on the shelf, I've got... Oh, where is this Nuggethead? Nuggethead? Sure. I've got Combat Armor Dugram, or for those of us who play Battletech, know it as uh, the the animated model they took the Shadowhawk off of. Uh, I had one of these when I was young. It wasn't this exact model. It was actually sort of like die-cast in plastic. All the parts came off. It was really cool. I have no idea what happened to it, but I got him because he's cool. Because, damn it, I want cool models. Because yeah. I'm an adult. I want a Shogun Warrior. Uh, and the first time I saw one of those Armorcast Titans, remember when Armorcast made the Titans? Oh, yeah. I had, um, I had a couple of those. That's what it reminded me was Shogun Warriors. Yes. Well, we talked about Shogun Warriors a couple of ago, didn't up, ups ago, didn't we? Yep. I probably returned to those once in a while because that was one of those things like the Green Machine, which is something I wanted as a child but never, ever got. Since we're on that tangent, mine was the Inspector Gadget action figure, or it was actually like Mego style. Mego style. Oh, yeah, yeah. I put it on every Christmas list, never got it, which means probably didn't have it in my area because my mom usually got me stuff, so. I always got a Star Wars figure in my stocking. And in fact, I still do get Star Wars stuff in my stocking only because. My mom knows that as a kid, that's what I wanted. And she wasn't able to get me things like that so much when I was a kid. Uh, my mom still gets me. She'll, like, go out and buy random graphic novels or whatever. Like, she goes someplace and it's got, like, graphic novels cheap. She'll buy them and wrap them, give them for Christmas. I'm like, that's awesome. I don't – I'll just read them. I don't care. I got to, like, ship me, like, a Speed Racer one and then some other one. I'm like, these are cool. Or she got me – one year she got me Starman from DC's line. Oh yeah, and got me a couple of those, and they're great. I ended up loaning them to a buddy at work, and he suddenly was hooked. It was great. Uh, and then uh, you know, what was it? That's uh, that's all good stuff to get. All, all cool, just once in a while to uh, just get something random like that for someone you know. Like if you know someone likes something, get them something random like that. So that was a huge tangent. Yeah, huge tangent. Uh, <laughs> uh, the models and assembling the models is our main, main topic, but we'll talk about the game a little bit. Yeah, Gonzo will talk about playing the game a little bit since he's the only one who has, I think. I did. So I have I have assembled six of the models so far. Uh, I still have Doc Ock and... I don't remember which the other one is that's sitting on my desk right now and then jim assembled a few of them tell me so, did, xander xander goes i just joined after the tangent <laughs> did uh he goes kathy are you into the star wars mini at all the star wars mini the minis legion oh, or mean, anything like that like legion 
I played it uh, a couple times when it first came out, but I don't have a I don't really have a tabletop gaming group around here, so I uh, I haven't really had a chance to play it since then, and I don't own any of the models. They're uh, they're not quite as good as the Marvel Crisis Protocol models, but they're they're solid. Oh, the Cal Center only knows uh, Kathy. Well, uh, I am John, and painting the model is Gonzo. He's also in the lower right-hand corner of there. There you go. He's waving now with the beard, the full beard. The darker beard. Yes, Kathy is our <laughs> is our resident painter. And the beard Gonzo is our resident, uh, we'll say, tournament, quote-unquote, serious player, and I'm the filthy casual. Oddly enough, Gonzo is the one doing the painting right now. <laughs> Well, we like to change things up. So he he will sometimes paint on Sunday nights, and then I will paint the uh, four days during the week. And I don't ever paint. No, you I'm totally sure. do. I, I have seen you paint. Yes, I do actually paint. Not generally on the cast, though. I uh, like to try to keep myself a little more open for the conversation, such as Marvel Crisis Protocol. What? We're supposed to be talking about that? Again. We are. <laughs> <laughs> So the first note I want to make is that uh, the models are, like I said, we are, they are pretty solid. Um, you do want to go online and get the instructions online because they did this wondrous thing on the instructions in online. They used the numbers that are on the sprues to help you tell what goes where, which doesn't matter for 90% of them, but on a handful of them, it is really important. It helps you immediately know you know, which arm is which for, say, Captain Marvel, or Jesus Christ, which of these fucking leg parks go together for Ultron? Or which elbow pad? <laughs> no. Which of the, the single ships goes on I... this side, and which one goes on the... You know, I did not have trouble putting those on there. I didn't either, because I looked at them, and I'm like, oh, okay, this one's got... They're really good about making it so that most things only fit together one way. Yeah, like this has a little uh, indentation here, and this has a little thing that fits in that indentation. And the other one's got the peg out and the indentation yeah. in the other way around. I yeah, like hats off. That's a good thing. The only two problems I had were Ultron's thighs, which were a pain in the ass because they're oh, three yeah. parts. And then one of Iron Man's uh, thighs, I got opposite because it fit together opposite I'm like why isn't this leg fit and I'm like oh crap and I had to like quickly pry it open because of plastic glue and fix that crap <sighs> yes okay let, let, let's talk about okay like Modoc here Modoc pretty solid big miniature compared to you know everyone else Red Skull yeah pretty much our bales and like the Hulk um, he was super, super easy to put together. The Hulk. The Hulk. I stole Bane hands. You stole Bane hands. Oh, yeah. Or, 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 I like that. I want the, to make sure it fit in the case. The large miniatures, the large size miniatures are great. They're mm -hmm. easy to put together. The seams are really good. Didn't see many mold lines. Um, there was some good, good poses. I mean, Modoc's just a big head. So, I mean, what can you really, you know. You, you got some good good facial features and such. But, I mean, for the most part, the large miniatures were really good and really easy to put together. Uh, I like the way that they hid where you um, glue the miniatures together. 
you didn't have like big open areas. And if you did have an open area where it fit down into it, like on Modoc, his hair is a separate piece. But it's, I mean, there's a gap here, but it's an understandable type gap. It's not like a gap on the middle all the way around or, you know, uh, in an incorrect spot. It's a gap that's going to help definition between two things that are going to be different colors rather than a gap in the middle of something that's going to be the same color, thus making it look terrible. Correct. I mean, it, it, it was done really well. I liked it uh, on the bigger models. Um, like I said, Modoc took together no time at all. It took longer to cut him off the sprue than it did to, you know, paint or to glue him together. Um, the arms are a separate piece. Uh, hair is a separate piece. Face is one piece. Each leg is a different piece. Uh, the chair is technically one, two, three, four pieces. Um, the rocket is two pieces and the smoke is two pieces. So, I mean, you, there's a decent amount of pieces, but they all went together really well, really fast and snapped together for the most part. Yeah, uh, they, you, you could have pretty much not glued him. The only part that really needed to be glued for the thing was this bottom piece and this piece. Although I did glue them all. Yeah, they're just, they're just above snap tight. You do want to glue them, but you don't necessarily have to glue all of them. Correct. Uh, and I would say the only models I saw any real problem that wasn't, you know, me being a dumbass. Uh, Captain Marvel's sash was a pain. Oh, mine broke off. Um, yeah, I had to figure out where it went by looking at um, some pictures online and all that. And there's plenty of them. And then Ultron was a bit fiddly with a couple parts of him. But once you get that those that parts together, it's fine. Uh, Kathy will mention, of course, the Pringles chips that are uh, Baron Zemo's elbow pads, which is a little weird, but... Yeah, I didn't understand why. Because, so I know they, they did them separately because they wanted the extra detail of texture that was on the, the, uh, the elbow pads. But once they shrink them down to that scale, most of that... Small. Most of that detail just kind of was too small for you to really be able to see anyways. So they could have just sculpted it right onto the elbow and, yeah. and let it go. I think by the time they realized scaling it down didn't work, holy crap, extreme arm was close up, uh, that uh, that it was too late to change it. So Yeah, yeah. But they are overall mostly good. Like I said, I... I, I they don't have the numbers on the parts in the main rule book, so you want to download those off the website. Um, it is one of the uh, one of the few faults I give uh, them for the construction of the game. Yeah, because that would have been a very handy and easy thing to do to include that in their instructions. But uh, I feel like maybe as an experienced model painter, it it I was mean, easier for me to work through that. But I could see how yeah. people who who weren't as experienced at, at putting a thousand models together, you know, they they wouldn't know what the hell to do with that. They wouldn't no. know to look at, you I, know, the, the detail on the inner thigh versus the outer thigh to compare which one is inner and outer because I had that same problem with Iron Man and I did almost do those backwards too. Yeah, I, was, I, I just hope all those people who get it and aren't, aren't sure ask for help. I mean, I hope they go to their local gaming store and ask for help. Yeah, or Google. Like I, like yeah. I just did a search on YouTube for my Warcry terrain because I had heard that there is a particular way that you can put that together so that you know it maximizes uh, 
the terrain and it was very helpful just to do a search on YouTube because there's going to be a million videos about it now. Yeah, absolutely. It is the, the most wonderful benefit of the age we're living in is there's a bunch of people talking about whatever and you can usually find someone putting together what you need. You can definitely, uh, now that they have it on their uh, webpage, you can find all this stuff. Also, their Facebook page is definitely a good place to go for, hey, can't figure this out, and then people either direct you yeah. to it or you can just find the, the link on there. Or, or like their page and then message them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, day after release day, I'm not going to say that Dallas and, and Wolpagani responded to message quickly. Actually, I am going to say that. They totally did. Like I for as many Johnny people, a question, and he's like, "Oh, it's this." I'm like, "Thanks, Will." And then my buddy Marshall matches Dallas, and Dallas gave him an answer right away too. It's awesome. And you know they were just inundated by stuff, mm -hmm. you know. And some so. of the questions were kind of silly. And if you're wondering if you've bought the Incredible Hulk, yes, both sides of his card are the same. Read all of his rules; you will see why. Stevie Stevesy is asking, uh, are we into 40K at all? And the answer is, yes. I had Dark Angels in 4th edition. And I haven't played since 5th edition. Maybe. Not, not Maybe that a I little bit. don't like it. Tiny I bit. just haven't played. But John is totally, like, he's got the, yeah, and, yeah. And John, so, yeah, so, yeah. Steve Z is just getting started in in 40k. Well, welcome to uh, the 40k part of the hobby. It's uh, primaris are fun, fun models to put together and to play with. They uh, they're pretty cool, so you should enjoy them. Um, 40k is a very particular game. Um, just uh, go in with the right expectations; you'll be fine. Uh, if you're playing with your buddies, it'll be a great time. If you're playing some guy in the in the uh, local store, just make sure you tell him how new you are. You should be okay. Or he'll just try and cheat and be a jerk. But, you know, you run across those anywhere, no matter what you're playing. If Don't it's a stranger, you never know. I'm just saying. Stranger. I did that. <laughs> I did that at our local uh, Games Workshop Battle Bunker, and I'm like, I have never played this before. And there was a guy who just wanted to win. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. There is a kid, and I still call him a kid, even though at this point I'm sure he's 30. Um, that literally me and not Brushhead Dave and uh, Spencer Wilkins from uh, The Adventure of Sewer Bear and Mediocre Trouble in the Big Easy fame would sit there on Saturdays and see what he put up on the field and figure out the points of what he had without war gear and then ask his opponent how many points they were playing, and then go, all right, you want to ask him to see an army list. We would do that. It was a hobby of ours, let's say. It's a sub-hobby. <laughs> um, but I had, I had many other fun games with Total Strangers at that store. Absolutely. You know? I, so, I would say I have much more positive than negative things to say about those yeah. guys. They're good. Just once in a while you get that guy. Yep. That TFG, that fucking guy. It happens. Don't let it discourage you. Just keep going, and and you'll get by it. Just remember, I, guys. I also still have my uh, my Geller Pox kill team sitting here waiting to be completely completely finished, so that I might actually play a game of kill team. Because the thing I like about kill team is 
kind of the same thing I like about Warcry. It takes up a much smaller footprint than a regular game of 40k, and I feel like, and it doesn't take as much time, because I don't have, and you know it's going to be more than two hours if you play with me, because I like to talk to the other person, too, and that takes up time. What? It's a social thing. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this was just about killing and destroying, and that's it. I'm not rushing I'm not rushing through my games. There's a reason why I don't play in tournaments. <laughs> uh, so, Steve Z, uh, I would actually not say I would say Kill Team is not the best way to start, even though it's less models, because the rules are different than 40k and oh, a little yeah. more complicated at points. It's 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 going to be a very different thing. Um, just go ahead and dive into 40k, and yeah. and you'll have fun. And Space Marines are a good choice. They're very. You know. Very forgiving. They are the most forgiving army. You don't. I mean, they're, they're dicey. You have some bad luck with dice rolls. You might go away quickly, but that just means you get to play another game. Yeah. You have good luck. You're gonna see your guys laugh off stuff that you don't think your guys should laugh off, but they're gonna do it. That well, that's kind of any game where you're rolling dice, really. <laughs> but no, I, I, I'm not bad mouth. It's a fun time. Um, just. Tell them to take it easy on you because you're new. You don't want the guy to break out Imperial Knights. Like, my buddy, not Brushhead Dave, was getting back into 40K. He has not played against my Imperial Knights yet because I have a soul and I'm not just going to drop, you know, three Imperial Knights and a handful of guys to hold objectives against him. That's retarded. What? It's about the win. Jeez, man, what are y'all talking about? It's not about the win. It's about the having of a fun. <laughs> I do find playing Imperial Knights to be fun, but anyways... More fun, Marble Crisis Protocol. <laughs> Another tangent. Oh, it's no, no, it's all good. Fun. It's it just different room, I'm happy. fun. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we do, we are liking what we've seen of the models. They're good overall. Not a lot of complaints. I find uh, it, I find it amusing that I. I did a test on a couple of pieces of sprue because I wanted to be sure that the plastic would would bond with Tester's plastic glue. And I, I put these two pieces together and they weren't doing the melty thing like you get with uh, Games Workshop or like Malifaux models and stuff. I wasn't getting that from these two pieces of sprue. So I'm like, okay, so it's just not that kind of plastic. So I decided to uh, put mine all together using super glue, mm-hmm. and and it worked really well. The super glue bonded amazing. It wasn't like putting together metal where you have to wait a thousand years, you know, before you can let go and hope that the thing doesn't fall off. But I think part of it was the sort of the way that they had those pieces sculpted with the slots, yes, and the pegs and everything. But you guys both use plastic glue. With yes success. and no. I did encounter one minor problem. The bottom of Captain America's feet have treads, and if you put him on the grating, that's a lot less surface level level surface area contact to contact. You would probably super glue that. Uh, I, I will say that too. One of the things I did notice was putting it together. Model to model was fine, but model to base was not, and I had to use super glue on that. That I, became, all my projects is with with plastic glue, and they're fine. So, yeah. but but it is definitely going to be a thing you need to look at. Yeah, I liked um, the I like I said I liked 
I had quite a few models pop off the base using plastic glue, but it wasn't bad. But it also could be because there's like a lot of ridges and, you know, not a lot of surface area to do that on. But for the most part, plastic glue, I used, uh, was it the, uh, the one with the brush on it? I can't remember the name of that stuff. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, so, uh, Steve's asking about plastic cement. I use Tester's plastic glue, as does Kathy, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Because it's the best in the business. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, as much as I'd love to give someone else a shout-out, I'm sure they have glue that works. Tester's, or I have the Model Master, sorry. The Model Master is the fucking, the bomb diggity. It's got is the small... Is that the one with the... Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the one I use. Yeah, it's got the small applicator tip here. It's metal, so it doesn't through there. It gives you the things to clean it out. It is... Absolutely the best. Super glue, it's a wide open there. Uh, you will use Gorilla Glue, though I have found a couple of my bottles have been drying up early. Uh, I'm becoming a little too thick, so you can buy... This is pretty much the standard. I forget which company does this, but... That's pretty much what I people, have, yeah. And you can buy it extra thin, regular thin, extra thick, however you need it for whatever you want. I get medium most of the time if my glue continues to dry up and get a little... Uh, thick too early i'll go to the thin but it might just be that i'm not using it fast enough because i am running out of models to put together i need to use glue less often that's a strange statement i never thought i would actually make you mean you had to start painting more <laughs> i mean or playing more excellent i mean whichever keeps my hobby streak going i'm almost to two years getting there. i mean it takes two years to get to two years it's a long time but yeah, so Marvel Crisis Protocol models. What a topic! Plastic <laughs> glue or super glue. Yes, both if, work. If both you're work. doing a hobby, I suggest super glue because super glue is a little more forgiving. Super glue will work on anything. If you decide you buy a metal model, it works. A resin model, it works. It doesn't matter. It works. It is. It is the one tool. It's not the best tool for every job, but it will do all those jobs. Uh, including Marvel Crisis Protocol models. <laughs> um, so and also, uh, so I use the Steinol Res primer, as I as I always do. You guys, everybody hears me go on and on about those, but I like them because while they are formulated for use with an airbrush, I just use a regular brush with them. I don't I don't use an airbrush at all. I so, use similar, and I agree 100%. I have an airbrush. I have not hooked it up yet. I've had it for a while. Probably should hook it up, but we need to uh, get some cleaning going, and then we'll see how it works. But, yeah, I, I suggest that, too. Even though something like the Thing here, who's an old metal model, might do well with, like, a coat of gray or white, then you can just really go to town with him with washes and all. I am happy to prime him black and then go back to put a uh, brown or an orange over it, and then go from there. It's an extra step, but uh, when you live in a state that is weather is as fucked up as Maryland, uh, you it'll help a lot. Or in so, case, it gets cold quickly and windy, and those both those things are not fans of uh, rattle cans. Uh-oh. Do we have a question? Uh, well, this Ooh, oh. I want to get in a water eclipse. That's kind of one of my other paintbrushes. Or that's, a really, 
That's a really good one. I bought, I do not know which one I bought. Um, I forget what company it is. One of the ones I get messages from, they sell a lot of tools. It's where I got my scheme scraper from. I will actually take a look to see if I have a local email from them. Um, they had a deal where you just get, it was a great like 50% off the airbrush and compressor and everything deal. So I just bought it because you're not going to see 50% off that often. So I figured I might as well. Um, let me see if I can figure out who it is. And I like how that's looking on the bases, Gonzo. And I really like... Up, uh, that's just straight up contrast paints, right? Um, the Rough Iron is the uh, Army Painter Metallics. I really like this Rough oh. Iron. It's okay. really good straight out of the straight out of the bottle. But usually yeah. what I do is I just put it on and then I do like a null no, no oil wash over it. And it really makes it look like rusted metal really well, really quick. I really. Micromark. I like how that's looking. Oh, Micromark? Yeah. Oh, they had a, that catalog. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they had a great deal on it. They make my seam scraper tool, which is a great tool for, yes. for GW models. I got Jim one of those. It is amazing. It's basically just a hard metal uh edge triangle thing and you can scrape the mold lines off and you have less chance of cutting off detail you don't want to when you're cleaning a model gouging into it like you do with a knife oh yeah stevie this is this is an expensive hobby it's not it quite a model airplanes or model car or, or, or remote control cars remote control airplanes but it's it's not cheap but the good thing is a lot of these purchases are one-time purchases once you're done you're done yeah, you're not gonna be like buying an airbrush every year or anything most of these tools, like I have hobby knives that are still good from freaking 1990-something. So I just have to replace blades once in a while. So there's a lot of stuff you don't have to replace. So it's all good. So, Gonzo, before we run out of time, do you want to talk a little about playing a game? Any, any Anything you want to talk about from the game playing? Um, I did get to play one game, and whenever I played it, we played it with the full rules not the quick play rules because of course the people i play with we're all you know advanced players we've been playing miniature games for a while so we're like oh let's just do it um if you're new to playing this game or new to playing miniature games that could be a bit overwhelming there is a lot to do in this game there's a lot of keeping track of and a lot of tokens uh, a lot of things to put um, I can definitely see that there's going to be some people that are going to build a lot of aftermarket stuff to help keep you organized. That's the best cool. word. Uh, I can see that happening a lot. But I got to play one single game, and we kind of, you know, we, we, di we didn't take it. You know, we weren't like uber serious and like, oh, you can't do that. You have to take it back or, you know, whatever. We were just like, learn to play and, oh, we couldn't do this. Just take it back a little bit and so on and so forth. Um if you play Star Wars Legion, the movement system is very, very easy for you. You lay the measurement stick down, you move it left to right, whichever you want to go, and then you place the other miniature on the other side. Super easy. Um, what I thought was very interesting is even though, like, the Hulk is a short movement, you're measuring from the front of the base to the back of the base. So he's actually moving really far. Yeah, he's um, moving farther than you think because he's got... This giant, um, it's technically 65 millimeters, 64, 65 millimeters at the yeah. bottom. It is basically the same size as a GW 60 millimeter dreadnought base because I put them base to base and found out. Pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> um, so movement uh -huh. is super easy. 
Um, you got to move around things that you can't walk over. Um, Black Widow is a little bit different because she can move over things. And like Spider-Man's got wall crawler. You know, there's different yeah. things that help, you know, to do this. But it's very interesting movement concept. Uh, the cards that you use that are, whether you can use them as theme uh, or uh, you could use it as uh, benefits because you have to spend power to do it. One of the first things I did, and I was like, I don't care if this works. I don't care if it's doing me anything. I just want to do it. I picked up, I, I activated Hulk. I took Hulk, spent one of his powers, picked up Captain Marvel, and threw her. Uh, threw her halfway across the board because it throws her a really, it throws him really long distance. And then Hulk moved and was right there pretty much next to her. Um, and so the oh. next turn, it was just kind of cool to pick up a model and go whoop, and throw them halfway across the board and let them, you know, do whatever oh. they want the next turn. So that was an offensive throw, not a fastball special. <laughs> That's uh, like throw teammate. No, no, no. It was throw teammate because she was my teammate. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. It was a fastball special. Yeah. Uh, but what it did is it put Captain America pretty much right in the middle of the board. And so anybody he moved up on my next turn, Captain Marvel shot him and blasted him up. Um, and got to do some pretty cool stuff. Um, it plays like a comic book. There are so many times, like I had Captain America and I was playing a little too cautious and you don't want to play cautious in this game. You don't want to play stupid, of course, but you don't want to play cautious and hide behind stuff. Uh, about the only one that you really kind of want to do that to is Black Widow because she's very, very weak, but her job isn't to be a combat machine. Um... Since the game is played around scenario play where you go grab things or capture things and such, Black Widow, if she were to grab a hold of an objective and had to run with the objective, you will never catch her. She's insanely stupid fast. Uh, she's one of the fastest models in the game. Uh, and she, you, you can't shoot her from a very far distance, so it's really hard to tag her. Um, each character has their own flair, which I thought was good. Um... I had Hulk uh, do his little thunderclap and hit a couple of people and knock them down and daze them and KO some people. Um, there was, uh, what was it? I played, uh, was it Crossbones? Didn't care for him too much, but he's a good soaky tank. But I had the Hulk, and the Hulk is just stupid powerful. I mean, he can knock people down like crazy, especially when he gets a ton of power on him. He is also the most expensive character and the hardest to KO character. Correct. Um, but yeah, being expensive plays that. Um, Iron Man was really cool. Had good survivability. Um, once you knock down Iron Man and he can do the Unibeam ability, uh, you just got to watch out for that because there's just so many cool things that you can do in the game. Uh, one of the tactic cards, I don't know if I'm calling them right, but uh, you spend each person can spend one power... Uh, one person from your, your army, as I'm going to call it, your team, can spend one power and the entire army gets to move small. A small thing. So your entire army moves up small. You only get to use it once a game, but that could be super powerful in anything you do. Because now you've got Hulk right in your face no matter what. Um, oh. I had... Um, yeah, that's this one, the Avengers Assemble card. Yes. Did um, you get one of these, Gonzo? The, uh, the alt-art ones? Alt arts? No, I didn't get alt arts. No. I wasn't cool enough. Um, no one's I, as cool as John. Well, the store was just giving them out. 
I didn't like, get oh, this. You bought this. Have the card. I'm like, thank you. Aw, that's so cool. Um, I did. Someone did play Modok, and Modok picked up the um, Daily Bugle and threw it at Hulk, which that's I thought was awesome. cool. <laughs> I love awesome. that. I love that you could just pick a car up and throw it at somebody as a weapon. Um, so it was, it was, there was a lot of cool, neat stuff to the game that just makes it, you know, oh, I'm not used to be able to interact with terrain besides it giving me bonuses or negatives, um, type thing. It was, it was very unique. Um, having Captain America throw his shield and bounce it off another character to do damage, uh, you know, ricocheting his shield. Cool. Um, Iron Man doing his rockets and not needing line of sight. And if he hits and you roll a wild, it can hit people or hit bad guys around him. Cool. Um, it was, it was very interesting and very fun. Played very fast. Um, not once in our time did, uh, a person get double turns. Um, it always, you know, cause it's alternate activations. Um, I did lose. Uh, he finally just beat up all my characters and I just couldn't do anything about it. But, um, I took down half of his army, half of his team, uh, Red Skull went down first. Next was um, Baron Zemo, which he's a badass. And then I took down Ultron, which at one point I was afraid that Ultron was going to come back fully because Ultron has a card uh, that if he has like eight power, I think is what it is on him. Uh, when you KO him completely out of the game, he just spins that eight power and comes back to full health. Uh, I think it's like recalibration matrix or something like that. It's just God. You're just like screwed. But he's ex- he's expensive and powerful model too. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like a comic book game. You were doing cool stuff. Um, there's just a lot to keep track of because uh, there's always two missions technically uh, going on. Um, setting up the board was pretty simple and easy. I do believe that you need more larger terrain on the game. Like, one house or one building shouldn't do it. I think you need to have, like, three to maybe four buildings. One for blocking line of sight and two for just tactical maneuvers. Um, Just having the cars and the lampposts and one building just seemed like there was just too much open space. Uh, Because some people can shoot from pretty far distance. Um, But there are quite a few abilities that let you ignore line of sight. So, it it was interesting. Um, I had fun. It was pretty easy to understand. You just roll the dice you need to hit, compare against your defensive stat, whatever they're using, and you roll that, and you just cancel out their successes. Quick and easy. Don't even have to worry about anything. Uh, but there's a lot to do in the game. Um, I feel like that it's all on one die. Yes. Like the same die for both attack and defense. That's cool. Um, one of the things that I think that's going to have to be... Um, what is it? that's going to need to be worked on is you, you bring your 10 miniatures, you lay it down and then you figure out what point level you're going to be playing at. And then you buy that out. The tactic cards that you bring, cause you bring out eight with your team and then you drop down to five or I think is what it is. I can't remember what it was or yeah, no, it's, less it's less than that. Yeah. But the problem is, is those cards is what's going to make and break your team. You got to be super careful what you bring out because if you have Ultron in your army and you're not bringing it in as an Avengers team and you're going to do Cabal, you've got to be careful of what you bring out and how you do it. Um, there's plenty of stuff 
there's a lot of good tactics in there because I know many a times that I was I totally forgot about my tactic cards. I'm like, oh shit, I could have done that. You know, when my model is KO'd, uh, one of my other models within three could have you know hit an attack before he got done, you know, or whatever. And I was like, you know, that that stuff right there is something that you you got to kind of remember. So there's a lot going on with the game, um, a lot of good going on with the game. It still sounds like it's less than something like, uh, say, Infinity. Yes. It's just new, too. Because there's, a, you know, the, the cards, you've got to spend some time. You really, once you get it and you're ready to play the full game, not the starter set, um, spend a lot of time reading about all your cards and your models. Because uh, Captain America, uh, he's super tanky. He can take a lot of hits, and he does it on purpose. Um, cause like if you try to shoot somebody, like if you pair him up to next to Hulk and they're walking together as a team, Captain America will start taking the hits while Hulk is just walking through smashing shit. Um, which is kind of what Captain America does, especially when he goes down and he gets back up. He, you know, he's got an ability that, uh, I can do this all day is what it's called. And when he's doing defensive roles, blanks count as a defensive thing. So he can take a lot of good hits. Um, Really solid character. Um, there was no character I thought that I didn't like. I didn't care for uh, Crossbones that much, but it's because I liked all the other things much more. Uh, and much more on a personal level than a gameplay level. Um, Modok was a super badass when I played against him. Uh, getting multiple attacks and just... He's got a very deep toolbox. Like, oh, I can pick up this building and hit you know something. Or I can control that model... Because you don't even have to roll to hit. Just within range, Modoc goes, you, walk away. And he made Captain America walk away from an objective. And I was like, shit, don't get to score that this turn. Um, there's a lot of pushing and moving and shoving in the game. Um, which is kind of cool. I didn't have any issue with it. Um, I really liked it. It was a lot of fun. Um, I can't wait for the rest of the models. Like, Asgard stuff. Like Thor and Hela and all the other ones, those models looked legit. Um, so I'm happy with it. I'm going to get more games into it. I'm going to be playing tomorrow uh, at my store and trying to get some of that done. So I'm super happy with what's going on. Solid yeah, game. It's been Black Friday or, or something. I don't think tomorrow unless I get off work early enough and Banyan wants to play a game. But we don't have a lot of trains to one course at worth right now. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of good things that I, I can say about the game. Um, it's going to get some new people into gaming because it's Marvel. And yeah. just, I mean, who doesn't like to play, you know, Marvel superheroes? Yeah, it'll do the same thing as, as Legion did with yeah. the Star Wars stuff. Drawing fans in who otherwise wouldn't have looked at tabletop war games. Yeah. Uh, super happy with it. I don't have any problem with it whatsoever. Um I'm sure the tournament scene that eventually it's going to get, if it gets to be a big tournament scene, um, there people are going to find all the ins and outs and try to do it. But there's going to be a deep toolbox with this game. Uh, yeah. a, lot, a lot of cool combos and a lot of cool things hitting out, especially with the amount of miniatures they got coming out. And you can use all of them. It's not like you're stuck to yeah, one yeah, faction. There's no limit. Yeah, there's no faction. So you get bonuses potentially for factions, but... That may not be worth it. So I'm really interested because every time a model comes out, it can change the entire meta. Yes. Uh, and that's the thing that's interesting about it. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff I like. Um, 
I, I, I says, I'm going to paint everything up in contrast paints just because I want to get it done and on the table. I mean, Red Skull, simple, easy. He's done. Um, I'm going to do a null oil wash over him, but do a little bit yeah, more that, of the stuff. But I mean, that contrast Blundell's red is a little is much more red than the standard paint, so I'm a little surprised. Yeah, I was really surprised too because you were, you were talking about being orange, and I went, no, this really went on there. I'm going to do a null yeah. wash over everything just so it kind of deepens the blacks and the grays and the reds a little um, bit. Take your null and mix it with a little bit of uh, Kerber Crimson for putting it over the red. It'll help a lot. Yeah, but I mean, that's I was going to do that, kind of deepen it up. Um, I know, like, I know the one model that I'm definitely not going to do uh, contrast on, and that's Ultron, just because I want him to look metallic mm-hmm. and be metal. Oh, definitely. Metal. Yeah. yeah. Too much metal for one hand. Yeah. But you can throw, uh, I don't know, can you throw a contrast over it just to do kind of the line? The well, wash? I'm definitely going to do the, the red. It. I'm definitely going to do the red, uh, that blood 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 angel red in his you know inside parts i guess you want to call it uh because that red turned out really a lot cooler than i thought it would be will you do that before you do the uh the metal i I think what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do the metal and then go back and put white in those spots and then do the red in that and then touch okay. up the metal afterwards and then wash the metal seems like the best way forward yeah that way it kind of gets a done thing um so I'm happy with this. This game is quick. It's easy. I only have to bring 10 models. Yeah. No matter what. You only, yeah. bring, you only have to bring 10 models, which is good. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean I'm not going to bring all my models because they'll be like, oh, I'm going to bring all my models and I'm just going to play with these 10. And then someone else is like, hey, do you want to play a game? I'm like, yeah, but I want to play with these 10 this time because I'm like, uh-huh. I loved playing Hulk. Hulk was really fun and interesting. Plus, he's a great miniature to put on the board. Um, he's pretty imposing when he walks around. So it'll be interesting. I can't wait to see what's going on. I can't see wait to see. I mean, we we know we're getting the Wakanda. It's covering time. We got we got Wakanda, Asgard, and Guardians of the Galaxy is coming out. Uh, we do know that we're getting a Miles Spider Man and a Gwen Stacy Spider, uh, a Gwen Spider, um, which I can't wait for. Um, they need to get X Men out. They got stuff. Um, you know what's funny is. I really hope they do because they're my favorite. That's what I grew up playing, you know, reading about was X-Men. I just don't know for the simple fact because, well, we don't know where that uh, license lie for miniatures or gaming. The license lies with, I mean, there's no questions about the license for that. It's all Marvels. They never gave out the X-Men miniature license to anyone else. It's... Yeah, I just hope that they can because I really want my Nightcrawler. I'm a huge Nightcrawler fan. He's been my oh. favorite superhero all my life. Gonzo, and, I hate to make you want to spend money, but you should look at the uh, Marvel Legends Nightcrawler model. Um, action figure. Yeah, I got him. He's right there. Oh, <laughs> you've already spent the money. Yes. I feel okay. <laughs> um, if I can find a, a Nightcrawler model, I will buy it. Um, and I was going to buy the, when, um, night models had this, I was like, Oh, night going to be a first one I pick up. And then of course, as soon as I was going to pick it up, it crashed. And so I'm like, please give me my X-Men and give me Nightcrawler. I just want to play him so bad and teleport around the field and kick people and then teleport away. I'll be honest. I feel like there might be, it might be like, uh, Till they decide to put a revised starter box out before they get the X-Men because that's instant starter box fodder. X-Men versus Brotherhood of Mutants or, 
you know, a Hellfire Club or Marauders or whatever. That's instant starter box. They oh, yeah. So guess what, guys? What? Is it, is it media section time? It's the media what? section time. Oh, God. Okay, okay. Okay, hold on. I have not drunk enough <laughs> to not know that. Let's switch over to the media. I'm going to continue to paint still. Um, I'm going to do a quick no oil wash over uh, Red Skull real quick. I want to see how it looks. So for those uh, new to the uh, to the podcast, eight o'clock is when we stop talking about the miniature painting and the gaming part of it, and start talking about the movies and the TV shows that we've seen and the books we may be reading or podcasts that we're listening to or music that we have discovered. Media, in other words. Media, indeed. <laughs> Uh, and it's, it's, I was going to tell you time thing, but I don't care. You're central time. It's okay. (laughs) Um, I have one, two, three, four. It's 17. We know. Then Kathy said she has two and I have one. (laughs) We know it down, Gonzo. Uh, um, I, I, that I can fully talk about, and then obviously I think <laughs> and I can both talk about a little bit without spoiling Mandalorian Episode 3. Yeah, we can talk about We all can talk about that without... No, I don't think Kathy's seen it yet, have you? Kathy? No, I have only seen the first episode. You're so fired. Although, that would be changing this week. Why? <laughs> what? Okay. Um, so I guess I'll go with one of my first ones. Um, I'm going to actually close this because this is going to be a little bit of something cool. Um, Dragon Prince season three came out. Um, Dragon Prince, if you don't know, is made by the guys that did Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, season one, season two, season three just came out Friday. I binged the whole thing because I love this series. Um, when we first started talking about it, uh, season one, the animation was very clunky and it almost turned me off from watching it. Uh, but I endured it, and it was. The story kept it going. Season three, they fixed all the animation, all the jittery, all the, you know, it's all smooth. It's cre- it's crisp. It's clean. Nothing wrong with it. And I, I remarked, my, I was like, wow, they really, really listened to people and said that y'all needed to clean this up. And they did. And the animation is super smooth and super good. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed the way it looked. Uh, the story... Still super good. Um, I accidentally spoiled myself by looking up, you know, something on uh, season three. Uh, I won't spoil it because I know people are still watching it. Um, but I thought it was interesting. But I'm kind of curious how they're going to go because it's rumored they're doing seven seasons. Um, and so, of course, it did leave it on a cliffhanger, of course, like they're supposed to. Uh, to keep people list- to keep people watching, which I'm okay with. There wasn't anything wrong with it. Um I liked it. Um, the characters were still great. I still the world's getting they flesh out more of the world this time because uh, they travel into a bunch of different places. Uh, they flesh out more of the background and history of the world and different characters. Uh, great comedy throughout it. I mean, the, it's written by the same guy that do Avatar. Avatar. So the team has the quirky, silly, you know, happy uh, humor that Avatar: Last Airbender did. Um, Super solid. Overall, um, this one was a little bit darker, had a bit more violence. Um, 
bit more combat. Um, but there was a lot of character development between all of the characters in there. I still think it's amazing that they have one of the characters uh, does sign language in it. And it is actually correct sign language. It's not just, you know, hand gestures. It's the actual, you know, uh, sign language and stuff. And it's actually, they don't ever subtitle it either. Um, I'm sure you could probably turn it on, but I don't. Uh, but uh, there's times that she signs something and they don't say what it is. So you have to kind of either guess or you know by what happens in the story. I subtitle everything. Yeah, but it, most people do nowadays. It's pretty cool. Uh, I, I've never subtitled with it, so I don't know if they, you know, say, you know, what she's saying sometimes in sign language. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. There's, there's yeah. some things I've seen where there's a foreign language being spoken, and if it's not needed to be known what they're saying, they don't translate it. Um, but, I mean, it was, it was really good. They did talk about um, uh, one of the elves uh, has uh, a husband, and it was, it was interesting because it really... It was like it was like played off like it was no big deal, which I'm I'm glad, uh, because there was like oh yeah me and my husband and they were talking about two male characters and it was, it wasn't thrown in your face but it was just like, how this was and I was like really happy with that it was interesting, um, it, to see this good diversity coming from a show. Yeah, um, there's more of that going around. I read something about a, like a Transformers comic character and they mentioned that casually. I'm like, well that's cool. Yeah, I, I was happy with it. I mean, it, and the thing is, it wasn't like thrown and jabbed and, you know, it wasn't, you know, wrong. They didn't rub your face in it and, and yes. didn't call it out. They're like, just, it just, it's the thing that's there. Yeah. It's no big deal because that's how it should be. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, but overall, it was really good. I give it zero space herpes, um, zero shots sure. of Kraken, whatever you want to say. I oh. love this series. I can't wait yeah. for season four. Um, so... If you like a good cartoon with some good story, good characters, good plots, start off with season one, kind of go through, get get through the animation. It gets better as the season goes on, but get into it and get going. It's amazing. Oh, and so Steve, you knows, we, we actually rate on a scale of zero to five space herpes or shots of crack. And if you're old school enough from our, from Gonzo, my original podcast, uh, Pain of John, which is back and I'm still on, but that's a different story. <laughs> and zero is good. Five is bad. So that everyone who's new understands that. Yes. Zero uh, good. Five zero good. Bad. Five bad. Uh, occasion will rate it on a, on a Casablanca scale where it's the other way around, where five is good and zero is bad. But that's just to be confusing and only for really old movies. Yeah. Kathy, what you got? What's your first one? So we saw Road to El Dorado. My okay. friends and I got together for. Uh, double feature movie night and for whatever reason they paired The Road to El Dorado and Stardust. Ooh. Okay. And so to see that. Road to El Dorado is first and you know afterwards my friend asked me what do you think of it? I'm like it's okay. <laughs> you know I'm, I'm not a, a Disney fangirl. Yeah I like some Disney stuff but this, I, I, honestly, the whole time they're singing the song at the beginning about the brave, what is it, Brave New World or yeah. whatever the, whatever it was as they're chopping their way through the forest and everything, I'm, all I could think was the carnage that was about to be laid down. 
on uh, these unsuspecting, you know, native people in South America. And, like, for the entire show, I just kept going back to that in my head. I'm like, yeah, this might have been a really good story if it was in a fantasy world, but as it's history. We know what happened, and it wasn't good. It was not good, no. So, yeah, I wasn't super thrilled with that one. Well, yeah. you know, it's funny is there's a meme going about the El Dorado, and it was um, uh, what happens when a bard and a thief go on their, go on their own. And I was like, hmm. Yeah. So, my... So, that's, yeah. Go ahead. so like, I... You know, it was it it was good animation. It was if it wasn't you know historical in nature. Well, I mean, obviously, it's not. This really happened in history, but it's just real. So things just hit you that way. Real countries, you know, real. You know, it just. It'd be like setting a fantasy in the, in in you know in the Holocaust. It's not. It's it. You, you can't get past the. You're the not third. gonna have a musical in. Yeah, that's just. Yeah. <laughs> no. So that's that's my take on on Road to El Dorado, and I don't even know if I can. Uh, space herpes it up. <laughs> I did have a couple of glasses of wine, though. It sounds like you're at a two and a half. Like it's a bog standard animation. It's got good, but the the world is taking place in drags it down to yes. you know. And... Yeah, yeah, because the characters were fun and there is humor and I, I yeah. If you're if you can't if you can wipe out the whole you know historical aspect of it, then yes. Well, my uh, movie I watched this week that I'm going to talk about is Exit Wound, star- starring Steven Seagal and DMX. Yeah. What? <laughs> and it sounds crazy. I've seen this movie a couple times, but I've been waiting for this to come on a streaming service so I can watch it again and review it. Um, so, I have very fond memories of this movie. I know it's not great, but I remember enjoying this movie. And I did enjoy this movie again. But there's a lot of things that sort of stick out to me now. There are a couple scenes where the dummies in the car are so fucking obvious it is painful if you're looking. If you're not looking, cool. Don't don't look carefully because you're going to see them and you're like, oh. Th- this movie is like half really good story and really good ideas and half what the shit are you doing? <laughs> And it's it's a time painful. Uh, Steve, I have not seen all of his movies, but I see a great many. Um, this is actually one of his better movies. I would call it his third best movie after uh, number one being Executive Decision, number two being Under Siege. Um, I do enjoy this movie quite a bit. DMX does a perfectly fine and acceptable job. His line delivery is a little off at time, but he does a perfectly good job. Um, Anthony Anderson's in it. This is his second movie, I think, and he's Anthony Anderson. I mean, it's what you expect from him, which is funny. The other movie I watched this week I'm not going to talk about is Transformers movie, which also has him in it. Weird themes. Um, but it's got some solid action, generally pretty good, some decent characters, a solid story. It just doesn't quite hit the mark. 
You know what I mean? It, it, it could have been so much better. I, I kept watching this feeling like there's so many little plot lines that are started and sort of dropped or not fully resolved. I'm like, was this meant to be a TV show or something else? Found the answer. The answer is, of course, that it was based off a book. So obviously the book probably has more to this and may pick it up at some point if I get bored. Uh, because there is a lot of interest in this. I feel like this could be a lot more interesting. I felt like this was a revision or two as far as the screenplay from being a great action movie, not just a good one. And they make some choices I think are poor. Like there's a police cla- there's the police commander he's with and he's flirting with. And there's some interest, there's some sparks there. But then she's killed off just nonchalantly. And I'm like, that's unfortunate in a movie with almost no female characters. Granted, it was like the 90s, early 2000s. That was much more prevalent. Uh, Tom Tom Arnold's in it. He's pretty amusing. Uh, For the most part, the cast does a pretty solid job. But it can't get past the fact that it just has some occasionally terrible stunts and just doesn't quite live up to the source material it has. I felt like it could have been better. Um, this director did three movies in a row with majority of the same people, and that was Roman Must Die, um, Exit Wounds, and Cradle to the Grave. And they go in that order for how good they are. Romeo Must Die is the best, Exit Wounds is the second, and Cradle to the Grave. Please don't. <laughs> it, Please I don't. I mean, Jet Li and DMX is, I mean, it's not terrible. If you want an action movie, it is bog-standard action movie. This one's a little better than that. I give it about two space herpes. It is better than your average action movie. You will probably enjoy it, but it's not great by any stretch. You will see a lot of missed potential. Uh, and Steve Z, while I have not seen all of Out for Justice, I have seen the pull hall scene. It is pretty cool. I do like in his prime Steven Seagal. I just uh, depressed at how far he's fallen because apparently he is difficult to work with and he is guys out of, out of shape, really out of shape, and it really hurts what he can do. I did like him in Machete, though, and Executive Decision. I joke about that. Or Executive Decision is my favorite movie with him because you don't generally find a star of his caliber who was more or less at the top of his game when that came out willing to play the role he played in that movie. I respect him a great deal for that. Most stars would not do that. For those of you who don't know, he he dies yeah. really early <laughs> in that movie. I was in a movie he theater does. with that, and uh, my buddy uh, Ponytail... Obviously, because he had a ponytail until he cut it off, and we called him Ponyta, but that's a different story. <laughs> Pokemon people get that joke. And uh, he turned to me and moved there. He's like, He's going to be okay, right? And I'm like, Oh, man. And, you don't come back from that. No. But yeah, so pretty solid. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, it is not as good as my memory painted to be, but it is better than a ton of action movies I've seen, even this year. Yeah, 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 Congo. It is very early in that movie. Rita, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Gonzo, you want to hear us another one? Um, yeah, I watched uh, today. Um, I saw the preview in theaters, and I thought it would be kind of cool, kind of fun, little movie. Um, the Kid That Would Be King. Okay. Um, it's a story about a kid that finds Excalibur. Uh, modern day society finds Excalibur and has to stop Morgana. I've heard people need to see that. I've, I've literally heard that as a thing on Twitter. People need to see this movie. Um, so I, I, I didn't go in expecting much, uh, because it's just, you know, it's, it's a modern story of, you know, I guess you want to say, you know, take on Arthur. 
Um, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. You can tell this is geared more towards like uh, a young adult, uh, silly kid movie because it had a lot of uh, juvenile humor, uh, but definitely was more geared towards you know a you know nine to ten year old type thing, maybe twelve year old up. Um, it wasn't bad. Um, has a couple of good one lines. Um, special effects was fine. Um, it was kind of weird. I couldn't get, one thing I couldn't get over is the way Merlin did, um, his magic. He didn't say spells. He did all these clicking and snapping with his fingers and slapping and, you know, all these weird hand gestures. It was just kind of off-putting watching him because it was just like, he was quiet and going. It was like Spoonman casting spells? Yeah, it was just really weird. Um, but I mean, there wasn't anything wrong with it. It was just, you know, it just kind of put me off a bit, uh, watching it. Um, the characters were fine. The characters were cool. Um, there was a lot of tropes. There was a lot of, it, a lot of stereotypes in it. Did, um, did the cliche please pull this movie over? Well, it, the thing is, is you can sit there and you can go, you can, yes. you can tell that this was geared towards kids because kids oh. would get this yeah. stereotype and this stuff, I mean, which is okay. Cliches are fine. It's just, did it use so many that you were like, Really? Yeah, there was there was quite a bit of that, but I'm okay with that because, like I said, it's you can tell it wasn't it wasn't trying to be something it wasn't. If you know what I'm saying, um, it knew it was trying to be kind of a silly kids thing. It was trying to you know get kids to you know enjoy you know something some action and some silly humor involved. So I mean, it wasn't bad uh, to me. It was a meh, but it was a meh that I could you know I'm not going to say anything super negative about uh so like a two two and a half type thing um whatever if you've got younger kids definitely they'll like it uh most adults be like okay that was that was all right better than a sharp jab in the eye Um, better than a sharp stick in the eye that's my favorite movie rating (laughs) so i mean it was okay can't I, i can't fault it for what it was but it wasn't horrible fair enough uh, Kathy, what's your number two? So we, uh, our second one was Stardust. Okay. Sorry, and I'm slightly drunk. I knew that. I just didn't. That's <laughs> fine. Yeah. Uh, so Stardust is a book by Neil Gaiman. I love him. And back when it first came out years ago, I read it. I have next to no memory of what all went on in it, except that there was. Uh, there's a fair once a year, and at this time, this, you know, thing, but they didn't put that part in there, so it doesn't matter that I didn't remember it, or that I remembered that particular part is the only thing I remembered about it, <laughs> and about some guy who crosses his wall and has an adventure, and basically that's really all I took from it. it I don't retain the, the plot of books and everything for uh, years after I've read them. And so seeing the movie was an all new thing for me. And yeah, the one part that I did remember, which is that this annual fair would happen. And that was at a time when this fair happened on the other side of the wall and the two worlds kind of met. But no, they didn't do that. But I would tell about a guy who crosses this magical wall into another world and has an adventure. And uh, 
and it was really fun. It was all about love and, you know, what it, what does love mean? And, you know, this guy finds out. And it was fun. It was a fun, light movie. And I don't know that I could say much more about it. I kind of want to go back and read the book again. And well, I, I say, also, you mentioned you want to see it again. Yeah, I also oh, want to watch it again? again. I feel like, I think it's on Netflix right now. Probably. And I feel like maybe there's stuff that I missed. I, I Let me know if you do, because I own it on DVD, and I have never watched it, and I would like to watch it, and then talk. we can both talk about it. I've watched it numerous times, and I love it, because um, the actors are in it are amazing. Oh, uh, the actors are like a study in British actors. This is like Royal Academy of Acting uh, 101, you know, like, oh, this actor is from, I saw her in this, 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 and this. As, as a lot of people know, I, I watch a lot of uh, shows from other countries. Was it Dustin and Hoffman that was in it? Were you the captain of the one of the ships? Dustin Hoffman? Don't you, uh, no. no, no, that was Robert De Niro. De Niro. Robert De Niro, yes. Yeah. I loved oh his character. Oh my god, he's... He was amazing. There's a couple of parts where he could have even been better and more over the top, but it was... Yeah, it was... His character was fun. I mean, overall, I I I never read. I when I first saw it, I didn't know it was a, a Neil Gaiman type thing, or you know, it was a started as a book. Um, but when I watched it, I was like, "This is just a good, fun movie," and I enjoyed it a lot. Excellent. Yeah, I look forward to seeing it. I've I've owned it. This sounds. This is sound terrible. Please don't judge me. I've owned it for a couple of years now, but my pile of DVDs I haven't watched is fairly big because I just I try and watch them when I can, but I don't always get time. I watch something I've seen already or something else. I buy cheap DVDs and then watch them eventually. It's worth a watch. Uh, the goat when it gets transformed um, and when things get transformed by the main witch lady is super funny. Um, definitely a good watch. It's got some good. It's got some good action. It's got a good story. It's got a good plot. Uh, highly recommend it. There you go. Uh, the only other thing I can talk about really is the Mandalorian season three, and it'd be difficult without spoilers. But I have a couple points to bring out, and and Chapter I love three, it. I'm sure you meant it was great. Um, but. There's one thing, and it's a trope, and they do it in a lot of things. But people need to remember when they're making these cool fight scenes that morale is a thing. After the first couple dozen guys die, <laughs> there's a point where people start realizing it ain't worth their life, and they need to leave. <laughs> I understand for the trope, they don't do that because, oh, you know, the whatever. But there's a point where you need to leave. And it always gets me a little bit. I don't detract from the movie for it because it is such a common trope. Uh, in fact, I give bonus points when I do see it. In fact, I was watching some clips today of... Uh, I do a lot on YouTube. I watch clips of movies when they pop up of Kick-Ass 2. And there's a scene where all the people fight and some of the villains run away when all the heroes show up. And I'm like, that's realistic. I like that. That adds bonus points to a thing. I don't take away if they don't do that. 
but I do give them bonus points. And that was the only thing I really saw about that that didn't uh, that uh, got me a little bit was that. Other than that, it was awesome. It was cool. Um, it was a joke to Banyan, the over-under on the amount of X certain type of enemy he would kill. Uh, Guns will know what I'm talking about. Yep. And I put the over-under as all, and he went over. <laughs> he killed more than all of them. Uh, enjoyed it. It's cool. I look for the next episode. If you've not seen The Mandalorian, please do. It is worth it. It is good. I love the half an hour-ish episode format. It's they don't make it go too long. They don't put a lot of padding in there that you would in a regular hour-long episode all the time. It's it's refreshing to have them just do as much as they need. Uh, I uh, think it was really good. This this one was solid. There wasn't, you know... It, it's not trying to be something it's not. It's, exactly. It's, it's, it's not trying to be more than it is, and it's not trying to be longer than it needs to be. Um, it's the, Right now, the series is still ha- hovering at a zero. Yeah. In fact, as soon as a plushie of a certain thing comes out, it's going to go to negative <laughs> one because <laughs> license to print money plushie of the asset, Jesus Christ. Yeah. One. <laughs> Everyone needs one. Yeah. We have decided he is cuter than Gizmo. I don't know if he's cured in Pikachu. Uh, I honestly thought he was like a, a futuristic descendant of Gizmo. Ah, people have said that before. That, that was my first thought when I saw that. But, yeah, so, there you go. Uh, Gonzo, we got, like, a minute or so if you want to speed through something. Um, I have two more, and they're both on Disney+, Plus. and we both watched them um, Friday night. Um, and they both kind of have the same genre, and they're some of the very... Oh, I forgot, I did see something else, but it's okay. Um, lesser popular Disney shows, Disney movies. Uh, we watched The Black Cauldron and The Sword in the Stone. I do uh, need to see The Black Cauldron. I've only read the book. Uh, I never read the book, uh, but I watched it because I remember the show being like one of the first PG-rated Disney cartoons. It's dark as fuck. It is. Uh, when I watched it as a kid, I was like, "Wow, this made it through the Disney." You know, you know, it's made by well, Disney. Remember, this is the same company who did the Black Hole a couple years earlier, and that's kind of dark as fuck too. Yeah, um, it's still a good show. It still has the good humor. Still, you know, for the most part, it's still kind of a you know a dark, you know, show. Uh, a dark movie for Disney and it, you know, you kind of, you kind of laugh about it and kind of, you know, talk about it that this is one of the shows that Disney really doesn't want people to know that they did. Um, because it's, you know, darker than normal or darker than what, you oh, know. Oh, that was their, their dark period, which yeah. was in the seventies and, and mid eighties. And then they, they decided they, they wanted to go do back. That. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was yeah. still good. Um, it is showing its time, um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty dark and stuff. Uh, the sword in the stone is a more of a lighthearted, uh, version, but it doesn't just kind of, it doesn't fit. You can tell that this was kind of like then their weird period. Um, Merlin and all this stuff and Archimedes and everything were still good. Um, it still got some good scenes. You still feel, you know, pretty sad when the squirrels find out that they're hitting on not squirrels and they're, you know, you lay on humans and they've lost their mate for life. So it's kind of a weird thing, but I mean, overall they were still good. I do like the sword and stone a lot. Yeah. I watched that one a ton. It's a good classic. Um, I'll be honest. It's not Robin Hood. No, but it's still good. Yes. 
Um, so, I mean, I really liked it. I mean, it's just kind of a thing. Both of them are good classics for me that break away from the mold of what Disney did. Mm-hmm. Um, but it had some neat stuff. I, I can't really give them, you know, any negatives on stuff because it's just, you know, it's, it's Disney. And like I said, some of them show their age. Uh, but they're still good shows. I mean, by memory, I'd probably give the Sword in the Soul a one and a half. It doesn't quite yeah. get in all cylinders, but it's a good watch from start to finish. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it, type thing. It's not like I'm not going to go, oh, this is now a a five because of. But I mean, it's just it's just good Disney cartoons. And I'm Same not going to write Black, the Black Cauldron since I've only read the book, and that was quite some time ago. Yeah, I mean, you, you need to see it. Um, I think it's going to be pretty interesting. Um, other than that, I enjoyed them. Uh, I have this week off, so of course I'll have like 75 things to review next week. Oh, goodness. Well, I have to start <laughs> early because we've already run over. Again? Dang it, yeah. Kathy. Why do you do that all the time? <laughs> I'll throw one thing real quick. I watched I... one episode of Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. It was an episode with the X-Men. Woo! <laughs> uh, and the 80s is a special time. It is... Uh, it, it wasn't painful, but it was definitely not good. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if we're having our little thing, it's good hearing Stan Lee narrating because he's the whole narrator and it. it's awesome. Uh, but the the rest is not really. I didn't remember that Thunderbird ever served on a team with Kitty Pride, And I don't remember Thunderbird turning into a bear. No, uh, I don't know. He doesn't. Spoiler. <laughs> um, but, I mean, 80s for kids. It's a hoot. Give it a watch once in a while. It's a great, like, I'm going to eat a meal and watch this episode of Spider-Man's Amazing Friends. Ah, that's terrible. That's funny. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, thanks for listening. If you're brand new, we hope you enjoyed it. Um, If you're an old one, of course, thank you for listening again. Um, You can always find us on Facebook. We have a Patreon account, Twitch, uh, you name it. We're on pretty much any streaming service. Um, you can catch us. Also, messages on Facebook. Uh-huh, Raider shows uh- up right at the very end. Yes. <laughs> hey, Raider. Welcome to the end. <laughs> you missed it. I, I painted up Marvel Crisis Protocol all the time. Um, but guys, we really appreciate everybody that listens and joins us. Um, it's uh, it's a really good time. Oh, uh, Steve Z, uh, follow Raider if you want to watch another miniature painter. Oh, yeah. Raider stuff is legit as shit. Yeah, he is. Uh, I, I finally got to meet him not too long ago, and uh, that's an amazing man right there. Yeah. Um, for more than dice, I'm Gonzo. <laughs> All right, I'm Kathy. Gone. <laughs> Jinx. Good night. You didn't race me this time. What the hell? I can't race you every time. I gotta switch it up a little bit. I gotta be unpredictable. I'm the wild card, motherfucker. Hey, we scored a 10.03 out of 10. Wait for you guys to finish. <laughs> oh, Crimson gave us a 10.03 out of 10. That might be our new scale. Oh, <laughs> yay! Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>